The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, November 15th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it! I want to rock and roll all night. I want to party every day. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, the King, Scott Angle. How you doing, Scotty? Doing good. Getting ready uh, for another week. It all kicks off at CenturyLink Field tonight, uh, where I'll be in two weeks. Absolutely. The Green Bay Packers go to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seahawks in an interesting matchup in the NFC. You got to assume, Scott, would you would you uh uh, agree with me that the winner of this game is still pretty live, but the loser of this game has a uh, tough uphill battle the rest of the season to be uh, wild card relevant. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if the Seahawks, you know, lose their sixth game, they'd have to run the table really Just to have a chance, six, which, yeah. is, which is pretty impossible. Uh, and the Packers, uh, I think perception is better than their record. Uh, the Packers mm-hmm. are 0-4 away from home. And this game tonight will, in fact, be away from home. You know how I feel about the home teams on Monday Night Football. You know how Scotty feels about this specific home team, excuse me, on Thursday Night Football. So we'll make our picks for the game towards the end of this hour. I say it every Wednesday that there's going to be these kind of notifications you get on your phone. I got the DeAndre Hopkins notification again. 
I am not worried, nor should you be. I say it all the time. This is just a baseline. We will tell you who to really worry about on Friday when we talk to Dr. Ray and inside injuries. A couple of small pieces of news and notes. Not a ton from yesterday on my radar, Scott, but let's get into it now. One is that they did, injury-wise, they did rule Randall Cobb out already, and this is early in the week to rule somebody out. We've talked about this, how the injuries have started to catch up to him. We know about Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Talk to me about where you see Marcus Valdez-Scantling. I'm Scotty in my 14-team long-time keeper dynasty league that has been going on since 2003, where I am the defending champion in 9-1. You know who I just picked up? Equiminius St. Brown. Just because, I mean... He, he has a chance to be a wide receiver number three, but this is a 14-team deep uh, keeper stash league, so it's a different scenario. Talk to me about what the Packers do now that there's no Randall Cobb and no Jordy Allison. That's pretty much about, about you know maybe running the ball a little bit more with Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had the kind of season that, that many expected. Uh, we know what we get with Devontae Adams, and, of course, we're seeing – uh, you know, the, the Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, emerges a deep threat here. Jimmy Graham has been up and down, but they're going to have to get him more involved. Uh, I think this team is not quite throwing the ball. I don't think this team is quite prolific enough to where St. Brown is going to be a factor. But uh, who knows? You know, Aaron Rodgers can all of a sudden turn it on to be as good as he yeah. was in the past, so he's worth the pickup in a 14-team league. I think what you see is what you get. Pretty much from last week, you know, Aaron Rodgers right now is like a 275 uh, passing yard, two-touchdown kind of guy every week. You know, he's ranked eighth in my in-season ranks at quarterback on on, uh, on rotoexperts.com. So but this team is not the juggernaut up offensively in the passing game it used to be. And, you know, talk, we talk about it constantly. People more look at reputation more than anything than actual production when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's true. But like you said, in the deep kind of format of my league, I was just going mostly a speculative ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. We talked, we've been making the point um, about we're almost at the point of the season where you really need to cast aside that dead wood and really even more so than usual. Think about handcuffing your studs, things like that. Um, Do you buy any, uh, do you buy a strategy of handcuffing even wide receivers? And I asked you about this because we were talking about, you know, St. Brown, right? Let's say you own Devontae Adams. If you own Devontae Adams, should you be at this point in the same theory as getting the Spencer Wares and the, uh, you know, the Malcolm Browns and the Rod Smiths and the Wayne Goldmans of the world and the Chase Edmonds of the world with that same mindset? Do you apply that to, like, true stud-wide receivers uh, like, say— Devontae Adams, would that make you want to get a St. Brown if you have a Julio Jones? Does that make you want to get, um, like, a Marvin Hall or something like that? In most cases, no. Uh, Because let's look at New Orleans for an example. If Michael Thomas was to go down, there's nobody there capable of stepping up and playing playing a larger role. Uh, If Julio Jones was to go down, then Calvin Ridley might become the top target. They might spread the ball around. But Maybe he's owned Sanu gets an uptick. And, uh, no, but I'm just talking about the strategy, not to pick him Got up. It. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Just to finish here. Uh, Calvin Ridley could step up, and then then you, you have Sanu. We get a little bit of an uptick, but he's already owned. Marvin Hall will become the number three receiver probably, and 
he has no value in that role. So it's not you can't handcuff it because when a running back goes down, the other guy immediately becomes the number one. That's not necessarily true with a wide receiver. Okay, so then talk to me about this. Why then are so many people running to the waiver wire for Josh Reynolds this week? Because that's a more explosive offense, and it's an exception. And I always say nothing in fantasy football is absolute. What I said was when on the first scenario is for the most part. And Josh Reynolds, you know, he did score twice in one of those games, but the receiving and the yardage numbers really weren't that spectacular. And that's the other part of it. Can the guy who steps up, well, there's a reason he's down on the depth chart because he's, he's probably – not going to be nearly as productive as the guy that they lost. And they already they have three number one wide receivers in the Rams. The Rams are a unique offense. It's like you want a piece of that just because it's so explosive. And, you know, let's take a look at Pittsburgh. Like if Antonio Brown was going to go down, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, but, you know, who's really going to step up that can – there's no one that that can step up. Not James up Washington. That, the, you would think not, Washington not James, would in that role? No, but not not to the degree of say you, you have to you'd have to play wait and see with James Washington. Now it, it'd be okay. To, of course, you'd race and pick him up because a good as Roethlisberger, but he's nowhere near as productive as Antonio Brown. And James Washington is actually like behind Ryan Switzer in the pecking mm. order right now. So. You know, these are – they're not direct handcuffs. You know, a gotcha. lot of times wide receivers do not have direct handcuffs. Okay. No, I think that's a good point. I do think, um, you know, there's uh, – while it's not a direct handcuff, I do think there is a scenario where, like, you know, their usage might go up a little bit. They might get some more targets, but to the point you always make, you uh, that doesn't necessarily lead to production. When you hear the intro of this show, one of the things you hear the king saying is you have to be careful about who you think is going to step up on the depth chart. And when you get the insight from the king, you could get the Slack chat, you can get the fantasy executives blogs, all sorts of rankings. Go to the rotoexperts.com, get the exclusive edge in-season fantasy package. A little bit later on in the show, we'll be talking about the week 11 rankings of our guy Brandon Murchison. He does a great job, you know, being ranked in the top uh, you know, in the kind of top six in fantasypros.com. But make sure and go and get that Roto Experts exclusive edge in season fantasy package. Enter the promo code The King at checkout. You talk about who steps up from the bottom of the depth chart. Well, someone who has stepped up from the bottom of the depth chart and is now going to be the starter until otherwise noted is Nick Mullins out there in San Francisco. Scotty, the Niners have a bye. I understand that. If you're in a super flex, if you're in a, Q, a two QB league, um, do you believe Nick Mullins could be a viable QB two? Uh, I think he can. I don't think he's available in most of these leagues anymore. <laughs> so you know that's one consideration. Uh, he does play Tampa Bay in Week Twelve, so Ooh. if you have Patrick Mahomes or, or Jared Goff off, he's somebody to consider. Uh, he's had one good performance and one bad performance, but he should at least be adequate in Week 12. Absolutely. We love attacking the Tampa Bay pass defense. Uh, those Tampa Bay Bucks, Scotty, they have the New York Giants, I believe, this week in New York. And I got to tell you something. If you go on over to FanDuel, if you go on over to again? FanDuel, what's up? They moved the game again? What do you mean? He said it was in New York. 
Oh, it is in New Jersey. It is in the New York metropolitan <laughs> area in the swamplands of New Jersey. Um, but if you look at FanDuel, Scotty, Eli Manning is only 6,700. Um, and, like, that's pretty low. And to reinforce this point, Odell Beckham is 8,500. That is the cheapest you're going to see Odell Beckham for a while. I know Eli Manning, there's been a lot of stuff going on about him. They did put up 27 points on Monday night. What do you think about that? The viability of an Eli Odell stack um, against Tampa Bay at home. You can get it for pretty cheap. And, you know, that connection was working to the tune of two touchdowns on Monday night. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, uh, you, know, they, you know, we've seen Eli throw for 300 yards before this year. And uh, that, that was like the first three touchdown game. But, you know, if you're going to play like some like DraftKings showdown, I, th- I think it's a good stack. Okay, fair enough. Uh, last thing I want to ask you, you know, Scotty, we get like injury reports and, and, and stuff like that on Wednesday practice. Uh, one of the things that I think is the biggest uh, unanswered question right now for week 11 to the point where they haven't, I think this is the only game where there's not even a total up on the board. Uh, who do you think is going to start at quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday? Uh, right now, if it's not Joe Flacco, RG three. The the public report the public reports are indicating that it could be RG three. Okay, care to care to comment on that? <laughs> uh, well, I think it makes the Bengals a good streamer. You know, after what happened last week, uh, good streaming defense. Say, if you couldn't grab Arizona or Pittsburgh or or Washington necessarily. Uh, I think you know it makes the Bengals a good streamer because you don't expect a lot of that offense to begin with. Yeah, so you mentioned Pittsburgh is a decent stream against Jacksonville and Blake Bortles service. You talked about Washington um, against Houston. I think they're going to go right back to form sacking Deshaun Watson. I think, uh, you know, guys like Kerrigan are going to get some pressure. You talk about the Arizona Cardinals. They face the Oakland Raiders. And listen, whoever faces the Oakland Raiders is going to be a viable stream from here on out. And you mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, If they're facing RG3, that could be very interesting scotty why are we gonna like they just fired their defensive coordinator scott like doesn't that mean that there's some trouble with that defense why are we just like turning around and maybe streaming them right away the next week i understand the matchup and what it is with rg3 remember alex collins is also fumble prone so i i understand that but this is a defense that just gave up 51 points scott yeah, but that doesn't mean they're going to give up 51 to the Cincinnati Bank, uh, the to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they're, they're fate, the week after, you know, a coach gets fired, you'll pre- very often inspired see performance. You know, it'll be inspired. There'll be different schemes out there. And you pretty much answered your own question about what the opponent is. All right, fair enough. We will see. Absolutely. I think it is very, very interesting. All right, Scotty, I want to let people know. That uh, if they enjoy playing DFS, but if you're sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account, use the promo code FNTSY, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY, 
and uh, use your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Scotty, as you know, Fantasy Freestyle is on tonight, uh, 7 to 8 p.m., and I like to put up a poll. You know what I mean, Scotty? Because um, it's good for, you know, the uh, – oh – for the fans to engage, let's say, with the, uh, you know, with the show. And so I'm thinking about a poll that I wanted to put up, and I, I, wanna, I want your help in setting what I think the options for the poll should be. Is that cool? Can we do that before break? Yeah, sure. All right, so the poll question I want to ask is, how many punts do you think will take place on Monday Night Football between the Chiefs and the Rams? Right, But I want to know, what do you think are the best options? I, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking of the options being zero, the other option being one to two, then three to four, and then five or more. Do you think those are the right options for the poll? Or like, will literally, will no one vote five or more? I don't think no one will vote five or more. I think, uh, I think four plus would be good. Okay, but then what's the other options? So there's zero, there's right. one, there's two to three, and then there's You think four two plus. to three is how I do it. Yeah. So you yep. think zero, one, two or three, and then yeah. four or more. Right. Okay. And, like, where would you vote on that, Scott? I, I mean, like, because also to three. me, right, I that's the thing. Three. You know, you're making the, that, that one that's just the one number because I kind of wanted to have a range, you know, to try to be consistent and fair. Um, yeah. But you think three is the answer? Yeah. I might take the under on that. I might th- I've like if you put a gun to my head and said say one number, I think I would have said two. Yeah. I I th- I think two one or two is a little extreme. I mean, listen, 63 and a half points as a total is a little extreme too, Scott. And you said way over last time we asked. You said if it was like 70, the, you would the take way the over. The teams can so, score so quickly though, you know, they, they, they the way they can score so quickly though, they can register you, they can register that many points and still have punts. Both could be true. Right. Both yeah. could be true because it's such yeah. a quick strike kind of thing. Yeah, uh, especially with I, the Chiefs. I mean, I don't know if it's especially one team or the other in this kind of format. Yes, I understand what Tyreek Hill and Patty Mahomes does do, but uh, it's not like the Rams <clears throat> are a kind of uh, exotic smash mouth in their own right. But that's no. it. I mean, I, it, it, I, it's I think, interesting, I think though, the Chiefs are more quick strike, though. Sure. Nah, I buy that. I buy that. Um, but you think three punts in this game. What What kind of, like, you know, I, I thought about it, Scott, because we had the props builder tool right over at mybookie.ag. If I had the, if I set the punts line, then at two and a half, you think I'd pretty much get even money on both sides? Like, would that be a good prop to set? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll do that and see what kind of action I get on both sides. When we come back on Roto Experts in the morning, we dive into some Week 11 ranks. Who's higher and lower than the consensus? We'll let you know when we come back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Yo, 
Scotty, I need a girl with extensions in her hair, bamboo earrings, at least two pair, a Fendi bag, and a bad attitude. Yeah, that's all it takes to get me in a good mood. You know what I'm saying, Scotty? I got you. You need a round-the-way girl. That's absolutely right. This is how we put the fun in functional sports radio. Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The yin and the yang that is the spitting statistician and the king, Scott Angle. One day I aspire to be an FSWA Hall of Famer like my man. Before we dive into Brandon Murchison's ranks for Week 11, one other piece of news that I do want to get your take on. Because, Scotty, this is a player, I'll admit, I have brought up a number of times. I kind of am excited about this guy. This guy is kind of like my version of Christine Michael, you know, where like, I'm just excited. I want to see what he can do, and he never really is on the field. Do you know who I'm talking about, Scotty? I've mentioned this guy. I've tried to get ahead and speculatively add this guy. I've mentioned it before. You know who I'm talking about? Peyton Barber? No, I do talk about Peyton Barber a lot. You know, it's someone who was activated off the pup list yesterday, Scotty. Oh, Deontay Foreman. That's right. Deontay Foreman, as you know, I have been kind of high on him. I've been very excited to see potential exists. And here's what I'll say, Scotty. Yesterday, when we were spitballing, you really liked the idea of Le'Veon Bell in Houston, right? You remember, you were like, ooh, that's a good one. And part of the reason you had to have had that reaction is because you know, as our guy, the fantasy executive, says all the time, Lamar Miller sucks. And so if that is the case, isn't there an opportunity for Deontay Foreman? What kind of usage do you think he might get now that he's finally activated off the pup list with that Achilles? Well, they got three weeks to activate him, so you might not see him until your fantasy playoffs. And uh, I think he's he's got to like work his way into the role. So hmm. you know they they still like Lamar Miller, and Lamar Miller had two one hundred yard games recently. So yeah, he's worth a flyer. Uh, because people think that he's more talented, and I think believe he's more talented. But this late in the year, it's very dicey as to whether he's going to get the opportunity or not. All right. Um. So keep an eye on a it. Lo- a lot of times, and- a lot of a lot of times, fantasy players will take a crack on a guy, and you know, hope for it because they believe that he's more talented. But there's other reasons that just about talent where a guy doesn't get the opportunity. Let's no, remember absolutely. he doesn't have a lot of NFL experience and pass blocking and uh, you know, route running and stuff like that all come into play. This is absolutely true. I will stay, though, someone to keep an eye on. You know, Scotty, Houston has the Washington football team um, this Sunday. And the Washington football team is a pretty strong defense, right, and a decent run defense as well, I believe. So, like, what happens when Lamar Miller goes 13 for, you know, 31 this week? Maybe leaving the door slightly open for the Texans to give Foreman a shot. That's got to happen, you know. And, right. But uh, you know, he's played better recently, and yep. you know, maybe he's a big, maybe he's aware of that too. I'm just spitballing, but yeah. you know, sometimes when a guy is getting pushed by somebody else, he'll respond. Absolutely, I think this is an interesting game. Houston at our nation's capital, one part of the one o'clock slate on Sunday, Scotty. I was. I was a little surprised. These are two six-win teams right now, right? Two first-place teams right now. I was a little surprised to see that Washington was a three-point home dog. Um, do you think 
would you? T- are you taking Houston to cover a three-point spread on the road? I know they're coming off their bye, maybe some time to integrate DT into the offense, things of that nature. But Washington has kind of proven that they can hang with pretty much anybody. Uh, they got a big win last week against Tampa. Who do you like in this game? Uh, I think I like Washington here, although it's a very dicey bet. Because, but I, I could see this game being slowed down and just being more physical and lower scoring here. Yeah, they're getting three points. They're getting three points as the home dog. I am intrigued by that. I must admit, uh, that might be one of my picks uh, for the week when we do them tomorrow. Okay. But I digress. Let's get on into uh, Brandon Murchison's ranks. Remember, over at rotoexperts.com, they are the mark of fantasy excellence. Help you win your leagues and win that cash. Scotty, remember, six teams are on by, okay? You got the Cleveland Browns, so no Nick Chubb at running back. You got the San Francisco 49ers, so no Matt Breida at running back. You have the entire AFC East. So whether you were starting these guys or not, Drake, Gore, Crowell, Elijah Maguire. You were starting James White and Sony Michelle and likely Shady McCoy as well. So there's a like, you know, in this division, there's like six potential running backs that have been starting or at least on rosters. So we may need to look for some other folks. Brandon Murchison, however, I like to find the places where I think you might dispute him, right? And I think I found one in the running back environment. First of all, let me ask you something. When does Murchison come out with these ranks? Like what day of the week? Uh, usually they're Wednesday morning. Okay, so if they're Wednesday morning, this was after the Le'Veon Bell deadline had passed. So talk to me, Scotty. How does uh, Murchison have James Conner as running back 16 this week, seven spots below the consensus? Um, He's still afraid of the name recognition of the Jacksonville defense, Scott? I guess he is. You know, that's the only thing I can speculate about. You know, Brandon's ranks on rotoexperts.com right now, which are free uh, for mm-hmm. you to access. Uh, and the good stuff. I mean, he's in the top six on Fantasy Pro, so I'm not – none yeah, of this is J- me disparaging him. I just think James yeah, Conner J- is a RB1. Yeah, I think James Conner's matchup proof. I think he already proved that this year. Right. So we both see it a little bit uh, – we both think it's a little bit more promising for James Conner this week than Brandon Murchison. Um, two guys that he is higher, though, on are guys that, you know, you – one, that you're only starting to warm on, and two, that the second you are high on at first – but I think are starting to cool on a little bit. I'm talking about Aaron Jones. He has as running back nine tonight. I know you've uh, started to warm up to the Packers running the ball more and Aaron Jones' potential. And then at RB11, he has Tariq Cohen, um, four spots higher than the consensus. What do you think about those two guys? Okay, the first one was, who was that again? The first one was Aaron Jones. He has his RB9. Yeah, I think that's a little bit, bit high. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's still a pass-first team, and he's not going by volume yet. And uh, Tariq, Tariq Cohen's a guy they have to get out in space, but he's very, very inconsistent. Exactly. And, you know, we've seen, especially also based on kind of the game flow, right, there are certain times where we might see Jordan Howard on the field a lot more. I do believe this sets up to be kind of more of a Tariq Cohen game. I think on Sunday night football where the Bears host the Minnesota Vikings, the total is 45. I think I would go over on that one, Scotty. The total is 45. You know, Minnesota can score, you know, kind of 
almost with anybody. And the Bears, you know, to your point about name recognition, in the same way people are overvaluing the Jaguars' defense, we've talked about it all week. I think people are undervaluing the Bears' offense, Scotty. Yeah, I think they are. You know, we talked about it this week with Mitch Trubisky being a free agent right. in some leagues. Uh, you know, they certainly are. Anthony Miller's coming on in my in-season ranks at rotoexperts.com. He cracked the wide receiver three sort of barrier there. So, uh, yeah, the Bears are underrated. Yeah, so uh, does that stand to reason then that you like the over maybe on Minnesota-Chicago Sunday night? It stands at 45. Yeah, I definitely like the over there. You know, the the, the, the Minnesota Vikings defense is not shut down like it used to be. Exactly, and their offense, you know, is powered by Kirk Cousins, um, Adam Thielon, and Stefan Can You Digs It, who, by the way, is practicing in full and is likely to return uh, from that rib injury that he had. I'm intrigued. Also, Scott, two running backs Murchison has uh, kind of in the 20s, definitively in RB2 territory. He is higher than the consensus on Adrian Peterson. He has Adrian Peterson as running back 21 this week against the Houston Texans. We've been talking about that matchup. Um, Listen, we know that like three or four of the Washington offensive linemen have gone down in recent weeks. How much of an impact do you think that has on AP? I think it does have an impact. You know, the... The numbers the last two weeks have been mediocre, and uh, and I think defenses know what they can do and scheme up against Washington, uh, try to stop Adrian Peterson just like the old days, and there's not much of a threat in the passing game. You're talking about yep. Alex Smith with uh, right. with a mediocre receiving crew. It's mediocre at best when Josh Dotson is your number one. It looks like Jameson Crowder is going to miss another game. Um, I think that's like his fifth or sixth in a row. You can cut Jameson Crowder at this point. Like, why are you holding him anymore? Yeah, like, even when he comes back, you're like, really, right. when are you going to start him? Yeah, what's the, what about Chris Thompson? Scotty, what's up with Chris Thompson? It doesn't look like he's coming back either. And uh, he's a guy in PPR formats that I would love if uh, healthy. But uh, what's going on with him, man? He's out again this week. We really yeah. can't give you a timeline on when he's going to return. Yeah, it's messed up there. So the if uh, you can stash him, though, team. stash him, though, because he'll be valuable in PPR when he comes back. Absolutely, but you know it is weird. These two Washington football players have been injured and in key cogs of their offense. Like honestly, Scott, if you talked at the beginning of the season about at the beginning of the season, you know, before Adrian Peterson was even there, you know, like right after Darius Geis went down in the preseason. And remember, Darius Geis was such a um, focal point of our team name contest for a little while. Scott, remember that? Yeah. Um, yep. Three blind guys and all that good stuff. But at some point, at that point, you know, preseason week three, let's say, if I had to ask you who are going to be the top performing Washington players, you probably would have said Chris Thompson and Jamison Crowder. You know, and yes. both of them, and both of them has missed over the last month, month and a half, and yet the Washington football team is still in first place in the NFC East, under underappreciated on some level. Last running back I want to ask you, Scott, from uh, Murchison's ranks. As a guy, he has six spots higher than the consensus. He has kind of right there in the low-end flex territory, and I 
think, from what I've been hearing out of you, you're higher on him as well. Running back Josh Adams out of Philadelphia. Murchison has as RB38. So I wanted to ask you about him because, you know, he's right there on that fringe, depending on how many running backs you start, depending on how many teams in your league, depending on the flex rules, things of that nature. Could you see him as, you know, with six teams on a bye, a viable kind of flex play? Yeah, you know, I'm actually having to use him in one league. It's a choice between him mm. and Doug Martin, and I feel like Adams has more upside. He's led the team in rushing yardage the last two weeks. Uh, the, the Saints have been good against the run. Uh, they, they played well against it, but also they're, they're very much funneled to the pass. But if they get in a red zone situation, I think Adams may be the best bet, you know, to score a touchdown here, and he's got some yardage upside. Yeah, I feel like there's no upside at all with Doug Martin, even against Arizona. Yep, no, I completely agree with you. I wanted to bring it up, Scotty, because to your point, there's upside there, right? I go hop over to FanDuel. Listen, the Eagles are playing the Saints this week in the Dome. I expect points to be scored. You know what I'm saying? The total in that game is 56. And as I look on FanDuel in that game, you know, Alvin Kamara is 8,900. Mark Ingram 7,100. But check this out, Scott. Wendell Smallwood is 5,500. Corey Clement is 5,200. Josh Adams is 4,500 on FanDuel. You're not going to find a running back that the coach is buzzing about cheaper than that. Um, If I'm looking for a way to save some money so I could fit some studs in my lineup this week, how do you feel about Josh Adams getting into some lineups at 4,500 on FanDuel? It's very dicey, but then again, you know, I would not do it in a cash game, but I I'd certainly give it a look in a tournament. Right, right. That's what you need to do in those tournament plays. You know, I make the analogy, Scott, to like the March Madness brackets, right? If in the March Madness brackets, if you just make the one and two seeds go all the way, you're not going to win the whole pool. You know what I mean? You have to pick a 12 seed to win, a 13 seed to win, some random Cinderella to get to the Sweet 16. If you really want to win a big pool, you have to do that somewhere and you have to get it right. You know, just picking all four one seeds to make the final four, you know, you may get two or three of them, but it's not going to be enough to win the pool. And in the same way, that's what you mentioned when you say a tournament play versus a cash play. You have to take some swings and you have to get them right. And so it's about how you make those educated guesses or bets on where to take those swings. And Scotty, Josh Adams, 4,500 to me in a game against the Saints where a lot of points are going to be scored. You've heard Peterson talk up, yes, Adams needs to get more reps. And I just don't think the pricing algorithms have caught up to that for the Philadelphia running back room when Clement and Smallwood are $1,000 more. I like Josh Adams as a uh, tourney play this week. And the reason why he hasn't caught up is because, you know, he just had seven carries in his last uh, last outing. Yep, absolutely. Let's look on over to uh, the tight end position. Scotty, I saw that there's some in- – is there some injury news on Jimmy Graham? What's going on with Jimmy Graham? Murchison has him a lot lower tonight in, you know, kind of a return to his former team. I know you like that revenge game narrative a little bit. Jimmy Graham in the Pacific Northwest tonight, but uh, Brandon has him as tight end 11. Yeah, just because he's been so up and down, and if there's a strength in the Seahawks' pass defense, it's uh, it's the sa- it's the safeties more than the corners. Uh, injury wise, he's good to go. Uh, he's been okay. taken off the injury report, uh, so he's good to go. And you know, he's want to go, going to want to go back to Seattle and get in the end zone. And I think uh, 
I think it's a good play, you know, if you're talking like a DraftKings showdown type of type right. of game. And uh, you, you pretty much roll him out there every week in seasonal still. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he's inside that top 12 on a week-to-week basis. I just wanted to see the injury news is okay. He's removed the injury report, says Scott. So he's ready to go. And remember what is a little bit of a revenge game. And listen, in these quote-unquote revenge games, people wonder why we say this all the time. I would say, and tell me if you think this is right, Scott, the reason I actually do buy the revenge game narrative more often than not is because, to me, the coach actually – streams, excuse me, the coach actually schemes plays for that person sometimes, especially in the goal line, right? We've seen it a number of times, like even remember all the way back early in the season, Isaiah Crowell, like two touchdowns against the Browns on that Thursday night football game. We've seen other examples of it. Um, the coach, and like I, I believe they try to actually scheme plays for these players in the red zone. Yeah, well, it depends. You know, is, is he a red zone guy? You know, it's, sure. For Jimmy Graham, it definitely he definitely is. And a lot of times, these guys just want want the ball. You know, whether they've had a good relationship or a bad relationship with their former team, uh, if they if if they went away in a bad way, you know, like or 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 like what Jimmy Graham did, like you know, Seattle didn't want him back. You want to stick it to him, prove that they're yep. wrong. Even that, if you got in a good relationship, you know, you're playing against your old buddies and there's some fun trash talk going against, going each way. Yeah, guys so, used to practice with. Yeah. Now, look, the players won't say it publicly, and you can't always impose your will because you can't always predict execution. But I've had former NFL players tell me it's a real thing, and Deion Lewis admitted as such after last nice, week's game that's right. against New England. Right, he was like, you'd be cheap, you get your butt whooped, right? Because uh, they didn't bring him yeah. out. Yeah, there's a lot of examples of that. Um, Scotty, we got to go to break, but real quick, you know, I've been poo-pooing Evan Ingram all season long, but we've been talking about a matchup against Tampa Bay. Uh, Evan Ingram, viable this week, top 12? Uh, I would do my lineup ranks a little bit later today, but I don't know if I could put him top 12 the way he's been playing them regardless of the matchup. Yeah, six teams on a bye, though. Kittle on a bye and Joku on a bye. So we shall see. We'll maybe talk about it more when we come back. We look at the wide receiver ranks, and we break down Thursday Night Football when we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Roto experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Fit Statistician and El Frede Fantasia, the king. Scott Angle here taking you through Brandon Murchison's ranks for Week 11. We're going to start talking about Thursday night football as Week 11 kicks off later tonight with the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. Scott, I want to ask you something real quick. Um... Do you ever refer to yourself as El Rey de Fantasia outside of with me? No, because that's something that uh, you know that you brought to the table. 
But oh, uh, I think I think nice. it grows that's on me. Though, I probably will because <laughs> I didn't nick my nickname myself the king, you know. So okay, and now now I use it. So didn't uh, you say? It, uh, it, it, maybe it'll grow on me. I just haven't. Didn't you also doing say you were in uh, you know some major league baseball clubhouses, and someone was saying calling you El Rey, El Rey. Yeah, one of the guys was doing that. Yeah. All right, so maybe maybe I'm still angling for this to catch on. Scott, I also got to let people know that the Daily Roto NBA lineup optimizer is now available. Subscribers are crushing it on a nightly basis. You can also buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access year-round to the suite of successful tools and projections that Daily Roto subscribers have been using to basically print money in all sports. And when you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools they've ruled out as well against the spread picks, game tonals, player props, money line, all that good stuff. Stuff. So go on over to DailyRoto.com. If you're not doing it this way, you are at a competitive disadvantage. Go on over there. And we also get had the a price package. drop on the uh, Roto Ooh. Experts exclusive edge package for your playoff push. It's now nine ninety five. Okay. so check it out. Okay, so I'll be starting to mention that. Okay, discounted rate for the playoff push for sure. All right, Scotty, I'm looking at these wide receiver ranks here that Murchison put together. You know, in most formats, Scott, tell me if this is correct. In your opinion, the way I look at it, most formats are the default is kind of like a 12 team league, right? And most leagues in default, you have to start three wide receivers. So 12 times three is 36. Then when I think about the flex play as well, out of those 12 teams, just to be kind of real basic, let's say half of them are starting a, a running back at their flex, half are starting a wide receiver at their flex. That could be another six. So I think of 36. Plus six to me, the top forty-two are in starting lineups. Does that make sense? The top forty-two. Yep. Uh, Thirty-six would be the three wide receivers. Wide receiver one, two, and right. three. Wide, wide receiver yeah. one would go up to twelve. Two would go up to twenty-four. Three would go to thirty-six. And the uh, extra yeah, six obvious. I'm getting, right? Okay. The extra six I'm talking about are like the flex plays. I'm saying like. Half the teams in the league might have running backs at flex. Half the teams in the league might have wideouts at flex. So that adds like another six guys that I would say are like viable to start in leagues. Yeah, I like your man. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to keep it to the top then, you know, 36 plus 6. I'm trying to keep it to the top 42. And so I go right there around the bottom of that because they're, those are the guys that are kind of on the cusp, shall we say. And within that group, is Dante Moncrief up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, you mentioned, Scott, that Pittsburgh is a viable streaming defense, so I want to ask you why, and then I want to ask you if you agree with Murchison's ranks of Dante Moncrief as wide receiver 39 this week, which uh, lands himself in flex territory. Yeah, I agree with it. Uh, you know, people seem to, as a general rule, want to avoid the Jacksonville wide receivers, but it yeah. wasn't just a revenge game last week. You know, he's a four-doubles-figure PPR performance in his last six. So Dante Moncrief, you know, against the Steelers' pass defense, which has given it up all year long, uh, is certainly a viable start as a flex. As for the Steelers, you know, just because they've been giving up a lot of points, you look more for sacks and turnovers, right. you know, in a game like this. And, uh, you know, there certainly can be some stacks and turnovers. The Steelers have been among the lead leaders in sacks all year long. And any time the team's facing Blake Bortles, of course, there's opportunities for turnovers. 
All right, cool. Yeah, trust me. There's definitely opportunities for turnovers with Blake Bortles' service there uh, playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. So that's a way that you could still consider a wide receiver for one team and still stream the defense against that same team. Scotty, you know, my one of our narratives all season long, uh, well, two of our narratives from all season long are kind of conflicting in this Giants-Bucks game on Sunday night. On the one side, you know, we've wanted to attack the Bucks' pass defense, they're secondary all season long, right? We've been starting wide receivers and tight ends against Tampa Bay all season. The other thing I would say, though, is all season long, we've talked about kind of the share of opportunity in the passing game for the Giants, right? We've been saying, listen, Odell is going to get his. Saquon, we've realized, is going to get his. I mean, he had one game with something like 14 catches, right? So the sacrificial lambs that we've been talking about have been Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. But Murchison has Sterling Shepard ranked as wide receiver 32 this week. Remember, obviously, six teams on by helped that. So, which do we go with? The fact that Sterling Shepard hasn't really been as involved because it's been Saquon and Odell and then a huge gap down to Ingram and Shep? Or are we confident to put Shep right back in lineups this week because they're facing Tampa Bay? I think 32 is a fair rank, you know, because it's sort of, you know, uh, it's a middle wide range. Receiver three. Wide receiver, he's a wide receiver three, three, sort of. And he's been up and down, but I think he's he's got to take advantage of this matchup. All right. If 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 not now, then when, right, Scotty? I think that's how it's yep. got to wind up being. All right, Scotty, I want to start to turn our attention to tonight's game. Um, the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. Brandon Murchison has Doug Baldwin, Scotty, at wide receiver 27. Seven spots higher than the consensus. He has him as, depending on the size of your league, back, back end wide receiver two level. If you're in a 14-team league, then number 27 is a wide receiver two or a very high-end wide receiver three. I got to tell you something, Scott. In a league that we are in together, I, I own Doug Baldwin. I am not starting Doug Baldwin this week. I am starting Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, and Allen Robinson above Doug Baldwin. Do you agree with those decisions? Yeah, I agree with those decisions. I think the rank, personally, for me, is too high. Uh, Baldwin's not playing like himself. He's he's saying, "Oh, I feel I feel healthy." Like it maybe means he's just not in pain anymore, as right. he was. <laughs> I'm just speculating here, but the results haven't been there, and you know that's. I think a big reason why Russell Wilson, uh, you know, sometimes has been taking sacks, et cetera, hasn't mm. been able to make key completions uh, because, you know, Doug Baldwin is just not what he is, was in, in, in terms of, you know, getting separation downfield and getting yardage after the catch, which was his two big attributes. Uh, I just don't think he's fully healthy right now. Yeah, I agree with you. As I look into the ranks, Murchison has Baldwin as number 27, right? And then he's got another wide receiver in this game at number 29, but I'd much rather have this guy at number 29 than number 27. Baldwin is wide receiver 27. At wide receiver 29, two spots lower, he has our boy MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'd much rather have Valdez-Scantling tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. No question, especially if they get him on that side, on, on Trey Flowers' side at left cornerback. Nice. He's going to absolutely yeah. dust him. Yep, they Trey Flowers should not be starting at cornerback. Right now, you know, there's a big mistake, I think, uh, personnel-wise. The guy is a rookie who's converting from safety to corner. And, no, Aaron Rodgers is going to totally expose that side of the field. 
Okay. Um, so let's talk about this a little bit more. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, you like better than Doug Baldwin in the same neighborhood in, Mur- in the same neighborhood in Murchison's ranks. You know, so he has Valdez-Scantling at 29. He has Baldwin at 27. Two spots higher than that at 25. He has the other Seahawks wide receiver, Tyler Lockett. Is that a closer conversation, Lockett or MVS, for you? It is. But I like I like Valdez Gantling for really you know a more be, better for yardage. He's had two hundred yard games. And the, mm. you know, <laughs> the Lockett hasn't gotten to that point yet. Valdez Gantling can gain yardage and touchdowns. Uh, you know Lockett could have his best game of the year, but track record this year indicates that I'd rather have Valdez Gantling. All right, fair enough. So it sounds like listen, you like Valdez Scantling, the number two wide receiver over both starters uh, on the Seattle side. And part of that, Scott, is because we've made the point a number of times the Seattle Seahawks are running the ball more than any team really in the NFL when it comes to kind of like their ratio and their balance of it. So um, talk to me about this running back situation. Chris Carson, it says like he's healthy. He's going to give it a go. You got Davis there as well. You got the kid Penny, who I believe may start to ascend and get a little bit more opportunity in you know each week moving forward. Um, talk to me about the run game because you clearly don't necessarily think Baldwin or Lockett are going to have huge production tonight. Uh, Chris Carson's going to start. They would at the press conference yesterday. Brian Schottenheimer and uh, Pete Carroll both indicated that you know Chris is back. That he's going to start. Uh, you know the Tacoma News Tribute was pointing out that. As well as Rashad Penny uh, ran, he's still a work in progress to the team because it's his pass blocking, it's his route running, it's uh, his decisiveness, which he showed more of it last week. And Pete Carroll said, Rashad Penny's still at a point right now where in the team meetings they're going, oh, Rashad, are you listening? So really? he's, still, he, he's, still, uh, he's still not there. They said they're going to ride the hot hand, and they're very happy with what he did last week. But they, they said, look, we're going to ride the hot hand, but when Chris Carson, you know, is running for 300-yard games in a row, when he's healthy, you know, he's probably the guy. So I, I, if you're going to start anybody this week, it's going to be Chris Carson. All right, fair enough. On this other side of things, listen, on the Green Bay side, I think we kind of know what it is already, right? We know Aaron Jones has been coming on a little bit lately. Obviously, Devontae Adams is a stud wide receiver one. We've talked all morning long about how you like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Jimmy Graham in a quote-unquote revenge game. You think he gets in the end zone tonight, Scott? If I had to make a prop over at mybookie.ag, should I bet that Jimmy Graham gets in the end zone tonight? I would, I think I would, I would go should. for that, yeah. I think you yeah. should. Yep, what what I is he, agree. two touchdowns all year long? So he's hungry like for that. one. Law of averages, revenge game. I wouldn't say yeah, do. I, when people say do, that's a baseball thing. No, I hear you. That's, that's not, I'm not saying it that way. I just think we've talked about I it. I didn't say kind it, was, of like, it was you that said it. You know, but uh, you know, when I hear that, I chuckle because it's a baseball thing. Got it. Some people out there, I don't know who those people are. There's certainly not Speed's the Spitting Statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, the total in this game is 48. Do uh, you expect some points to be scored tonight? Uh, definitely. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the over, too. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And let me ask you this, or let me tell you this. I believe, Scotty, right now, I believe... I believe um, I believe that I'm going to make this game one of my three official picks for the week, Scotty. Um, so I need to declare okay. that now. 
And I think what I'm doing, Scotty, is uh, I'm taking your Seattle Seahawks minus three. Scotty, you said it yourself. Um, you said it yourself that uh, the Green Bay Packers offense is a little bit of name recognition right now. Aaron Rodgers is not playing as well. Um, I like Marcus Valdez-Scantling as much as the next man. But, you know, A-Rod is without his, you know, Randall Cobb, his security blanket, Geronimo Allison. These these kids, whether it's St. Brown or Valdez-Scantling, they are rookies still learning. The road team on Thursday Night Football, you know I don't like that. You know the 12s are going to be out there powering that team. The Seahawks have Chris Carson coming back. All of this, to me, um, kind of lean Seattle in my direction. I also think, as you know, Scotty, as a uh, – big-time Seahawks fan, Aaron Rodgers has come into that stadium and pulled some epic comebacks in playoff environments. So I know that fan base will be real excited to try and give it to Aaron Rodgers tonight. I like Seattle minus three. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks minus three, but it's not one of my picks of the week. It's not one of your picks? Okay. Yeah. So talk to me about how you think this game's going to play out. playing solid ball overall. It, it yep. a lot of teams use the word rebuild. I was more of like they're in a transitional phase right now because yeah, you know, look, your record are, is what it says you are, but uh, you know they they've they they haven't been as clutch as they have been in the past. Uh, you know, during that previous era, but you know they're not as terrible as people make them out to be either. Yeah, you're talking about the Seahawks, right? I don't yeah. think it's a rebuild. I think it's a transition, like you said. And yeah. and to be honest, or you know, and it's a um I guess the other way I would call it, Scotty, is it's 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 a transition or an evolution of their identity as a team. You know what yeah. I mean? They they have been, like you mentioned in this previous era, they were built on an incredible defense, the Legion of Boom, all that good stuff, and Russell Wilson making plays. You know, Russell Wilson is still making plays, but this team runs the ball more than any other. This team is not, although they still have, you know, an above-average defense, this team does not hang their hat of the calling card on their defense anymore. So I feel like, for me, it's that the Seahawks are kind of evolving in their identity. You think that's fair? I don't think they're evolving in their identity. I think they want to get back to what they used to do with because they've instituted the running game more than any other team. And, you know, during that era, they were very strong in the running game and they have the quarterback that they want to have. I don't think it's – I think it's more of a you – know, they're not changing their identity. I think, uh, you know, they lost very key pieces on defense and I think it's hard to be what they were without it. And, you know, over the next year or two, they're going to try to – you know, rebuild it that back, not or transition back into into what they used to be. It's just they don't have the talent on defense they used to be, but they're they're still playing the same schemes. Yep. All right. Sounds good. So it sounds like Scotty, the Seahawks tonight, and we're both on the over tonight. I do believe Scotty. I'm going to make it one of my three official picks for the week. Last thing I want to mention here: we only got a minute or so left. Um, Scott, you mentioned that you've done. You know, kind of 
uh, fantasy leagues with athletes before. You've been invited into clubhouses in Major League Baseball to kind of, uh, you know, uh, support drafts and be like consigliere to some guys. We also talked about some charity leagues that were being done. One of the guys that I know you talk with, one of the guys I know you know there in the uh, Mets clubhouse, I just want to tip our cap. Jacob DeGrom is the NL Cy Young Award winner. I know you have interactions with him, and I know you're either in fantasy leagues with him or have kind of consulted with him. Um, you know, I, 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 one of the, what did he finish this year, Scott? Nine and 10? Yeah. He finished 9 and 10, but I believe with like a 1.7 ERA, he helped, if you remember my fantasy baseball team, the Trevor Ending story, he uh, led me to getting a little bit of cash. So I want to tip my cap to Jacob DeGrom, an incredible season. And Scott, it's good that, you know, the, the voters recognized, right, that even at a 9 and 10 record, that he was such a dominant pitcher this year. Yeah. Uh, Jacob's not a big fantasy player. Like, he got oh, okay. a lot of big league impact. That's uh, what it was, chari- right? The charity, charity one. Though, you yeah. know, he, he has fun with it, but uh, he certainly needs some he, – he got some help from one of the Mets relief pitchers uh, who plays more fantasy than he – You think he was the right vote, though, for him to be Cy? Uh, he was just so dominant. You know, it's not all about the record. That's more a reflection of the team than the individual. Yep, absolutely. So we want to tip our cap to the Cy Young Award winner, Jacob DeGrom, the kind of only bright spot for the Mets all year. It's Football Friday tomorrow, Scott, and we'll break down Packers-Seahawks. Have a great day. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.